0: Hi, I'm Dr. Shantae and welcome to Branding for Believers, the podcast that I decided to turn into a pod class. I want you to come into this classroom with me, become engaged and become equipped with everything you need to turn your fear into the faith you need to believe bigger in your dreams. So if you're ready to confront your fears, your doubts, your questions, keep watching. Hi, I'm Dr. Shantae and welcome to part two of our faith series looking at things that block our faith and keep us from believing bigger in our dreams. So for part two of this series, we're going to be looking at our success habitat, looking at our surroundings and some of those things that might need to change. So what we're going to be focusing on today is three things, going to be looking at who's in your circle, fertile soil, and there might be a need for relocation. I once heard a minister, uh, Kenneth Copeland, and he once preached this sermon and he made this statement. He said that everybody that's in your circle ain't necessarily in your corner. And that oftentimes is the case with entrepreneurs because... If you've been listening to the podcast, especially in the Fear series, you will find that entrepreneurship, going out on your own, following your dream, following your passion is non-standard behavior. We have not been conditioned to do that. We have not been socialized and set up that way. And so there are going to be people in your life that as soon as you say this is what you want to do, they're going to challenge you. They're going to start talking about you didn't get a degree for this or you didn't go to school for that or this is not how we raised you. You know, this is foolishness and so everybody that's in your circle is not necessarily in your corner when it comes to entrepreneurship and typically there are two types of people in your life there are the kind that deplete you and there are the kind that renew you and so the people that deplete you and it may not necessarily be malicious or antagonistic but these are just people that they need something from you they need your time they need your resources Can you read my email? Can you look over my resume? Can you fix me something to eat? Can you get your grandmother's prescription? There are people in your life that are going to deplete you and it's not necessarily malicious, but every time they see you or typically their relationship with you revolves around you being available to do something for them. So those are the people that deplete you. And then there are the people that renew you. And more times than not, entrepreneurs tend to find those people in very short supply. So the people that renew you, the people that encourage you, the people that sharpen you, the people that challenge you, those are the ones that tend to be in short supply. Especially because since entrepreneurship is so non-standard, most of the people in your life do not understand this path that you're walking. They don't understand the late nights. They don't understand the work that you're doing for free. They don't understand why don't you just go to work, work your nine to five, get your check like everybody else. They don't understand that there's something bigger than that, that you want more from life than that, because more times than not, many of them that's what they've settled for. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that life, but it's just not the one for you. It's not the one that you've chosen. And so oftentimes the people that renew you are going to be in much shorter supply. Another question or another point that I want to raise is, are you in a position to be apprenticed? In other words, is your life situated in such a way that somebody who is successful at what you want to be, someone who is killing it, crushing it, dominating that industry, are you even in a position where if they came to you and said, I'm going to take you under my wing, that you would be available? Who are the people that are in your circle? Because if you're not running in those types of circles, if you have not made yourself available to those types of people, you might want to re-examine your success habitat. Do you attend events to interact with other professionals in your field? Now, I know that entrepreneurial networking events, they're like a dime a dozen. You know, There's always somebody throwing some mixer, some social. But who's in the room? If you're going to invest the time, the gas, the energy, the effort, who's in the room? Who is there in your field that you can meaningfully connect with? Um, For me, there's a, a podcast conference that's gonna be coming up later this summer and I'm going to attend because I need to be in the room with other podcasters because this is a new podcast, because I'm just starting out. I need to get in a room with people who are established, who know the technology, who know some shortcuts, who can save me some time, some lessons learned. Sometimes you put yourself in a room full of people and you are the person that has the most to offer and that doesn't benefit you. That doesn't serve you. What you've done is you've put yourself in a room full of people who can now deplete you once again. Are you connected to other serious entrepreneurs? And so iron sharpens iron. I'm not talking about your bestie boo. <laughs> I'm not talking about your BFF. I'm not talking about your play cousin. I'm talking about are you in a community of people who want to have something to contribute? Someone who can sharpen you, renew you, challenge you, offer you different points of view, give you things to think about consistently. And Are they serious? Because as a college professor, one of the things that I have mixed feelings about is study groups. Now, study groups are as old as time. There's nothing new or revolutionary about study groups, but there are certain people you can't study with. There are certain people that when you guys, even though you brought your books to the table, you're talking about the latest this, the greatest that, oh, this one time, oh, let me go on YouTube, and next thing you know, you sat there for two or three hours and you've accomplished absolutely nothing. So when I say are you connected to other serious entrepreneurs, people who realize that their time is valuable, people who understand what's at stake. Another thing that you want to look at is Making sure that everybody in your life has an intentional role. When you're an entrepreneur, when you're an influencer, when you're doing a startup, you do not have room for random people. There is no room for random. And when I say intentional roles, these are people that need to be a sounding board. So for example, if you are stuck in a challenge, if you are falling into this place of self-doubt and second-guessing, can this person be a sounding board for what it is that you're trying to pursue so that They can give you feedback, helpful feedback, not just criticize and challenge, but offer you a different perspective or a different point of view. Intentional roles like mentorship and guidance. Mentors can be hard to come by, and a lot of times people will come up to you and say, I want you to be my mentor. But mentoring relationships tend to happen more organically than that. In other words, that person recognizes something in you and they decide to invest. They see that they can make an investment in you and get a return on that investment. In other words, I can use the benefit of my power, my influence, my prestige, my resources to benefit this person for the better and know that I can put my name next to this person. And so do you have somebody in your life that would not mind endorsing you, that would not mind putting their stamp on you? As I said, as a college professor, I often get these requests for former students asking me to write letters of recommendation. And some of them I'm absolutely happy to do it. Others I'm like, oh, I have to go back and check the attendance roster to see how many times they actually came and showed up to class. It's like, I don't think so. I'm not willing to associate my name with your brand. What you've put on the shelf, I'm not buying it. So do you have people in your life that are willing to buy what you have put on the shelf? Um, People that are going to challenge you and hold you accountable. One thing that I have to say is that your family is not your target market. If you wrote a book, you didn't write the book for g You didn't write the book for Big Mama. You didn't write the book for Nana. You did not write the book. You did not pursue this passion. You did not develop this market for your family members. Because sometimes people feel hurt, legitimately hurt, that their family members, their loved ones, the ones that they feel should embrace their dreams and be the biggest cheerleaders waving the biggest pom-poms are like I don't know what you're talking about but we need milk (laughs) I don't I don't know what what you're going for but we have ants can you pick up some traps I will never forget uh, President Obama he once talked about how he was out there campaigning you know during his first run uh, for president And he had had a great day and people were fired up it was a great rally and he called michelle to tell her about it and she was like we need we got ants pick up some traps he was like okay (laughs) um indra nooyi the ceo of pepsi she tells this story about about 14 15 years ago she had just been elected president of the board of directors for the company that she was at And she's the type of person, she was a workaholic. She typically worked till midnight, but she clocked out at 8 o'clock and went home excited to tell her family about this new promotion. And her mother said, can you get some milk? And she was like, well, is my husband home? Yeah, your husband, he's tired. She said, well, we have people that come in and support us and help us raise the girls, and we have, you know, staff and people that we pay for that. Did you tell them? I forgot. And she was so heated. She's like, I can't believe this wonderful opportunity has happened in my life. I'm newly elected board of directors. It's rare for someone who's a woman. It's rare for someone in our culture. And all you can talk about is milk. Your family is not your target audience. Your family is your family. Your mother is your mother. She was your mother before you had a dream. And even though it might be nice to have that support, you have to ask yourself, is it a requirement? And you need to make a distinction between support versus approval. Support is logistical. Support is tangible. Support is things like picking up the kids, holding down the fort while you work extra hours, paying the bills while you invest in your dream. Approval is a psychological value judgment. So you need to ask yourself, are you getting bogged down? Is your dream getting stalled because you're looking for approval when all that's really required is support? People don't have to like what you're doing. People don't have to be jazzed about it to support you to provide logistical, tangible things that can actually help you facilitate your dream. They don't have to understand it and give their stamp and their ringing endorsement and stand in the cheerleading section in order to support you. They may not approve, they may not understand, they may have wished that you had gone a different route But as long as you're not harming people or doing anything illegal or illicit, those people can still support you. So you need to make the distinction between, do I need support or do I need approval? And approval is a psychological value judgment. I need somebody to say yes. I need my mom to look at me and be proud. And while you might want that, is it required? The last point I want to bring up is this notion of fertile soil. In the Bible, there's this story, uh, this parable about the sower sowing seeds. So he's going out and he's sowing seeds. And as the story goes, it said that some of the seeds fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And the plants sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. So sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, it sounds good. You're excited. You're like, yes, but you are not deeply committed to it because when you start going and you start to gather some momentum, as soon as trouble comes, you get scorched out, you burn up, and you quit because you really did not have that rooted commitment. Entrepreneurship right now, especially um, after the recession, it's trendy. It's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, I have a startup. I have a small biz. Hashtag, shop small. And it seems like that's the thing that you ought to be doing. At the same time, entrepreneurship, to be successful, this is not an overnight sensation. This is not, I'm going to make my my creations today and they're gonna fly off the shelves tomorrow. That's not how entrepreneurship works. Ask anybody who's been in the business any amount of time and they will tell you that is a fairy tale. And so you might be one of those seeds where you've jumped into the fairy tale soil and you're looking for overnight success. And as soon as you hit an obstacle, as soon as things don't fly off the shelves, as soon as you don't get the type of followers and the demand and the response that you want from social media or for some event that you planned, all of a sudden, bam, you're done. You're burnt. You move on. Then as the story goes, as the parable goes, it says that other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choke the plants so that they did not bear grain. Some of you are in the midst of toxic people. People that always have some mess going on. People that when you see their name and the caller ID on the phone, you know (laughs) that it's not going to be anything good. And some people grow up in those environments where there are, let's just say it, haters. There are haters. People see your talent, they see where you're trying to go, and because they've been conditioned to go to school, get a job, get a degree, go to work, get a check, go to school, get a degree, go to work, get a check, because they've been conditioned and socialized into that, and you start trying to branch out, all of a sudden the thorns come up, and they will grab you and choke you and start to make you feel like you are less than. And so sometimes your soil, you don't grow because of the type of people that you're hanging around in your environment. And then the last type of soil that it talks about in that story, it says still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. This is the type of soil that you need to be in to thrive. So the first thing you need to do is examine your commitment. Are you one of those C's where this sounded cute? People have these things, fire your boss, be your own boss. That sounds good. That that sounds like, you know, some Ed McMahon publisher's clearinghouse. Here's the big check. Yes, I'm a boss and we pound our chest like, yeah, I'm the man. Until you see what it really is takes to be a business owner until you see what it really takes to develop audience and commitment and build a platform. And so one, you need to examine your commitment. Two, you need to examine the people that you hang around. You might have some thorns. You might have some people that are reaching up and trying to choke you back. And the sad part of it is, is that some of these people are in your family. Some of these people are the people that are closest to you. The ones that you feel should be waving the biggest pom-poms are throwing shade left and right. They're not throwing throwing seeds, they're throwing shade. In which case, it might be time to relocate. So I love preparing the content for the podcast because I always learn something new. So Dr. Shante's a geek. <laughs> okay. So my nuanced learning for this podcast was that If you think about a plant, sometimes somebody might buy you a plant um, as a gift or as a a gesture of kindness, and the plant begins to overgrow the original pot. Have you guys seen these situations? You know, so you think about a, a plant that has grown and now it needs to be uprooted and replanted. And so some of us, you need to uproot in order for you to take root. In order for you to really gain ground, in order for you to really begin to get some traction, you might need to uproot. And the best time to move a plant, according to the research, is either way before it blooms or after it blooms. In other words, don't snatch the plant up while you're trying to get momentum. You either want to think about changing your your circumstances in terms of who you hang around, how you spend your time. You might want to think about changing and relocating before you even really get off the ground running, okay, or doing so after you've already blown up. Which makes sense, because if you do it before you hit the ground running, then you don't have these tethers. You don't have these emotional tethers. You don't have these physical tethers, things that are kind of holding you down and holding you back. And if you do it after you blow up, well, everybody knows at that point that you are headed for bigger and better things. But if you move the plant while it's in bloom, according to the research, it can go into shock and die. So you don't want to uproot You don't want to cash in your chips while you're just getting it going, while you're just getting things moving, because it will become harder for you to leave if you have to. So now I want to turn it around and give someone in our room an opportunity to just kind of respond to the success habitat, your success environment. Are you positioning yourself in a place where you can be successful in your environment? One of the aha moments from this last segment was the support versus the approval Mm. Um, because a lot of times as entrepreneurs we're so passionate about what we're doing and we expect that others have that point of view and they don't and it's not because they don't want to or they're not excited for you it's just that they're not in the driver's seat so exactly. it's a little more difficult so just learning learning to not take that personally and take it for you know what it is is very helpful that's an excellent point point. Um, one of the classes that I teach is effective group communication and one of the, the, the aha moments always for that class is when I make the distinction between validation and agreement Sometimes we will argue people, stomp down, drag out fights because we are trying to get them to agree with our point of view when that's not necessary. Validation is, I understand your point. I respect it. I respect your right to hold it. I just don't agree. That's it. That's all that's required because there are gonna be some people that will never agree with what you're doing. There are gonna be people that will never approve of what you're doing yet and still they respect your right to pursue it. They respect your right to hold that viewpoint and then it moves on.
1: One part that definitely stood out to me was kind of a combination of things actually. The approval versus um, support as well as your family not being your target audience. Um, I think what I learned from a friend and he, I had saw him just reenacting this over and over in college. You have to protect your happiness. He used to always be go in the room and tell me what the biggest news was and be really excited and be like, oh, my God, yes, this happened, this happened. And then he'll open the door and go out and act like nothing happened because he knew that if he went into the hallway and someone saw him being extremely excited, they'll say, hey, what happened? Hey, what happened, buddy? And he'll say, well, I got this and I got that. And they'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. And now they're bringing him down and they're not letting him have his moment and now he's coming down because he didn't get this person's approval in the hallway. And I learned, you know, just by watching him that you have to do that. When you're in an environment that's toxic, you have to learn how to protect yourself from that because some people can't uproot themselves. Some people can't find an immediate new circle of people to hang out with, so how do you you know survive in that environment you have to protect your happiness you have to know who to tell um, your great news to who not to tell you know how to um, you know just not put yourself and your dreams on the line and let it be subject to other people's approval so
0: i appreciate that and one of the things that we often have to realize is that even though your situation might not change you can change in your situation And so even though it may not be feasible for you to, as you said, just kind of uproot, pack things up and go. And, you know, all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to sit at your lunch table today and we're going to be friends. Even though that might not be feasible, you can still change in your situation. Adapt to your circumstances, not conform to them, but adapt so that you do exactly what you said, which is protect your happiness until such a time where you can relocate and have more fertile soil where you can really grow and thrive. Thank you. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Branding for Believers. In the third part of our faith series, we're going to be looking at our success habits. You are what you do. So you guys can give me your comments, your questions. Get social with me at Dr. Shantae Says on Instagram and on Twitter. And as always, you can find the show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for watching and listening, Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at BrandingForBelievers.com, and you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shantae Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Oftentimes, people that want success, people that want to achieve success on a grand scale, on a large level they don't realize the types of sacrifices they have to make in their actions and their daily routine, the type of behavior that is required to actually facilitate success. And so there are some habits that we need to break in order to get to the platforms that we want to build and make sure that we're believing bigger in our dreams, including things like laziness. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.